Welcome to the Darling Girls Podcast, hosted by Jenny Lundstrom and Grace Fedorchak, two mid-20 single gals with a long-distance friendship and a passion for personal growth. Listen along as we chat about life, wellness, and everything in between, because we're all just on a journey to be our best selves. Stay darling. Happy Sunday, darling girls. Hi, everyone. Hi, Grace. Hi, Jenny. How are you doing today? I am having a weird day. You are? I've been, yeah, I've been a little dizzy, like I was saying before we hopped on here. Yeah, we got to figure that out. I know I've been having dizzy spells and last night I almost fell over. So I don't know what's happening to me. So but we're hoping it's not anything like vertigo. Yeah. Geez. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I did. Um, Google told me. What did, was my advice good though with the journaling thing? Yeah. Jenny was like, write down everything you've done today. Just and I did, things. which is funny. Cause that's the first thing my mom even asked me. She's like, did you do anything different? And I'm like, not at all. Well, and you didn't even really remember that you felt dizzy a couple weeks ago. And I reminded you that. Yes. While I was working out after work, it was kind of like a dizzy. Yeah. And I, I totally forgot about that. But Jenny pays attention to me, which was really sweet. (laughs) Well, I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. You're like, why does I've never felt dizzy? I'm like, didn't you just feel dizzy? I mean, it was a different circumstance. So it is a little different, but yeah. Like I wouldn't have put the two and two together because one of them I'm like intensely trying to work out, but I felt dizzy and horrible. And then one, I was just like trying to go to bed live. and I felt so dizzy <laughs> just live your life just yeah. be a normal human and I feel so dizzy but that's okay well, hopefully I'll figure it we'll out we'll keep updated we'll we'll keep y'all posted on that and uh yeah and see where, where it takes us I'm not really sure what to do about see it what but. is going on how are you good I'm good I am very excited about this episode me too it it means a lot to me and it's something that um I have a lot of experience with. So yeah. And we just decided to do this topic last night. Mm -hmm. So we totally like skirt changed (laughs) topics. We were like, wait, we need, cause we just like kind of organically fell into talking about anxiety and I was, you know, just chatting with you and then we started talking about it and then we thought, oh my God, we, we have to change it and just do an episode on this immediately because we had so much to say. So skirt, (laughs) skirt. (laughs) Yes. No, I think that's the best way for us to pick our episode topics in general, just what, you know, whatever, whatever comes and, and makes sense at the time is going to be whatever we feel fired up about. And today it was our anxiety. Yeah. So Grace, I think wants to start the episode off with a breathing exercise, which I'm really excited about. Yes. So this is something that I I had to Google it. I'm not going to lie because apparently it's called the four, five, seven breathwork technique. And you're supposed to do it when you're overwhelmed or feeling anxious. Um, I just think of it as I do it throughout the day, like probably 10 times where just breathe in, hold it, and then you breathe out for longer than the amount of time that you breathed in. So apparently it's supposed to be four seconds, hold for five seconds, and then breathe out for seven seconds. So it really, you just feel so calm after. So we can, Jenny and I are going to do it. We're not going to count out loud, but if you would yeah. like to do it with us, yeah, there's the space for it. So, all right. Tell me when. Okay. <laughs> we're giggling because we can see each other yeah we're just like looking at it like okay breathe in okay ready all right so I'm breathe. Ready. okay so what first breathe out so you have no air okay <laughs> breathe out now breathe in for four seconds and breathe out And you just feel like relaxed. I'm not going to lie. Breathing exercises, meditation, all that jazz is semi new to me. I think my first real experience with breath work was like yoga. Probably. It's a great great way to learn it, but 
it really is helpful. I just kind of started to be more aware of when I'm kind of experiencing an anxiety attack or whatever. I mean, um, it's kind of, it can be hard to recognize when that's happening, but taking a deep breath and like just chilling for like a minute is so helpful. And I think we did mention that in our routine episode that you start for sure. you, you, you kind of take a moment. And I, again, just think that people underestimate how much that can help. It can. I, whenever I'm feeling even just in the morning, when I say that I take a moment of mindfulness, that's, I have to take even if it's just a deep breath, if it's just like focusing on my breath for three seconds, I don't know. I, I, I've heard there's so many studies on it and it actually is true that it helps. But if you start doing it, you will never stop because I don't even have to remind myself. Now I feel, I feel anxious. I'm like, okay, I need to breathe. Mm-hmm. No, so. it is. It's like, it's so, it seems so like, duh, of course yeah. I'm going to breathe, but it's, it is, it's super helpful. I don't know what else to say about it other than try it out. It's, it's going to help you. And yeah, it is one of the techniques I've been taught in therapy. So, um, free tip, free therapy tip there, you know? Yeah. There you go. Take a deep breath. Um, so I feel like everyone deals with anxiety on some level, you know, even if you don't really identify yourself as somebody with an anxiety problem. Um, you've probably had some, you know what that feels like, you know, when you have anxiety, I feel like people overuse that word too. or constantly. We're like, I have anxiety about this. I have anxiety Mm -hmm. about this when you're just worried. Yeah. Everyone Um, worries. Yeah. But I feel like, well, obviously we know that we're very self-aware. So we know our journeys with anxiety are pretty like specific and we've learned a lot from it. So I'm ready to jump in and learn from you and ask you some questions about your little anxiety journey. What's it been like? Yeah. So it's kind of recent, meaning like the last, so I graduated college in 2019 and I would say I've had anxiety my whole life, but I did not realize that I had anxiety until probably my senior year of college it just, it's becoming more of a talked about thing. It's becoming more of a topic that is just kind of taught and people want to know about it and people want to know how to manage it. And, you know, so I think I'm happy for everyone that is getting to kind of figure it out earlier on in their life, because I think if I had learned some of the tools that I know now earlier in my life, there would have been some things that I'd had like I would have done differently. Definitely have always had social anxieties, which has caused me to miss out on a lot of stuff. And part of it's my personality and part of it is was the anxiety and the the worry. So but you know my journey with kind of figuring out that was what it was was I went to I studied abroad in London and that was a big step out of my comfort zone. I was in a completely new place. I didn't know one single person that was doing the program. I didn't really know. Yeah, I was just, I mean, I have family friends in England that I've known my whole life. And so I had the comfort of having somebody in the country that I knew, but ultimately it was a very, you know, push myself out of my comfort zone. I forgot that you did that. That's wild. I know. I I know. I'm very proud of myself because I really did my anxiety ruled my life for a really long time. I knew that I wanted to do London, specifically London. I don't know if I ever would have studied abroad anywhere else. And like now after I've done a study abroad program, I for sure would have done anywhere else. It would have been amazing anywhere. But I grew up with these family friends again. So my that piqued my interest, but also to Harry Potter <laughs> which just played a big part in it. I, just really, <laughs> I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I needed to go there. It just it had to happen. Um, I also was very convinced for a lot of my life that I wanted to live in the rain, like the rainy cold weather and wanted to it sounds miserable. be away from the sunshine and the beach. And I hated the beach and the sunshine in Naples. And, and then I studied abroad and I was like, 
I, it's super cool here. I love it, but yeah, it took, it took for granted the sunshine, but so basically when I was over there, I started to experience kind of having a problem with food. So basically everything I ate upset my stomach and caused me to bloat. And I was just uncomfortable a lot. And I kind of took it as like, oh, I'm just, you know, in a different country and, you know, the food's just not agreeing with me. I tried to cut out dairy. I thought maybe that was what it was. And then I just wasn't sure. It was kind of just a, a weird situation. I started to journal what I was eating to kind of take note of what upset my stomach and all that. But um, it quickly turned from that into chest pain. And I got to the point where one night I fully thought I laugh at myself now, but like, I, I fully thought I was having a heart attack one night, like fully thought for sure. I'm having a heart attack. Do I, what do I do? I don't know. I'm it's the middle of the night in my flat with two other people in my room. I had no idea. And I was Googling it, which obviously isn't a good idea because Google's going to tell you that you're dying. Just, or have vertigo. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> or have cancer. You have something like it's going to yeah. tell you the worst case scenario, which, you know, that's why you don't web MD yourself. But I was the queen of that. So the next day I went to the doctor there and they, you know, England's has universal health care. I don't know if it's called universal health care, but whatever, free healthcare for all. So I walked in and I got an appointment after, you know, a couple hours and they did all the things. They hooked me up to machines and they just, they wanted to put me at ease. And, and that is what it, what it did. It, Cause I thought that I, you know, there's something wrong with my heart. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And, you know, she talked me through that. I was fine. My vitals were good. I was, you know, I, my body seemed strong. So, you know, it must be, um, she, she, we thought maybe acid reflux. We didn't really know. Just having weird symptoms. And so fast forward through all of London, I was uncomfy, but manageable. I, I think for me, the, the worry was just constant in my head. And I had, I didn't realize that my thoughts were controlling me. And I didn't realize that my thoughts weren't real. I was taking my thoughts as my reality, which is a big thing that has changed now and that I'm more aware of. Um, but, you know, fast forward, I did, so that was my junior year. And then my senior year, um, I continued to have just physical pain. So I went a long time with backache and tension headaches. I had a headache almost every single day. And again, when you look those symptoms up, like the worst case scenario comes up. So it was kind of just this cycle of I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. And then if I had a good day, um, I would be fine, but ultimately I just had this worry that there was something wrong with me and I would talk myself into these holes and not only that, but I couldn't turn my worry off for everyone else. So I would worry about my dad. If I knew he was going out with his friends to have a couple beers and watch a game, I would worry that he was going to drive home after, or I would worry that my mom, like just things that were out of my control were on my brain constantly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. And I didn't realize like, and my mom and dad can attest, like probably my whole, probably my whole life, but especially my last couple of years of college, I called them all the time and I just would tell them my worries and they, they didn't know how to help and they didn't know what exactly to do to get me to stop worrying. And again, anxiety was just not really a term that was brought up. My parents are very much like, like everything that we're experiencing is valid. Everything that you're experiencing is maybe not normal, but it's okay. And they tried to, you know, talk me off the ledge and ultimately they, they helped, were very helpful, but, um, it, anxiety was just never, I was never like, oh, I have anxiety. That just wasn't like, I just never thought that I just, I always, which is so funny because I feel like that's what everyone jumps to now. I know it was funny. Like I, I was constantly worrying about So other than, other than your parents, were you ever worrying about your own life or was it just other people? Oh yeah. I mean, I would, I just, other than like your health. 
it was um about everything I thought um I just again like I did not party I didn't do I didn't do drugs or I didn't drink I because not even because I didn't want to do it but because I didn't like breaking the rules because it wasn't fun for me to worry about breaking the rules and getting in trouble and same with school I think I told you like I like in our goal episode I didn't do school because I liked it or because I had kind of an overall goal in mind. It was mostly I was driven by the fact that I didn't like when I was disappointing people or it, my worry drove me like to, to get good grades because I just was always constantly worried about if I get this bad grade, what is going to happen? Like, what is the worst thing that can happen? And it made me, it made me very limited in what I did but but ultimately like looking back I just never thought that it wasn't normal that I was experiencing all these things in my brain it just seemed like because I've had that my whole life and I've been with myself my whole life I didn't think that my thoughts are controlling me because until you think that thought it's not a thought you know so um so flash forward again I was going to the doctor a lot and I was always in there with something. And I was like, my headache, I have a headache or my back hurts or my stomach hurts or whatever. It was just a lot of, it manifested very physically for me. I know, um, you know, that's not always the case for other people, but ultimately my doctor one day was like, honey, we're going to have you take a, an anxiety test just to kind of gauge where you are. And I took it and she was like, yeah, okay. So you have anxiety. Um, you have a test for that? It's like a, honestly, it's very outdated. It was on a piece of paper and it was kind of <laughs> rating like, you know, how often do you think something bad's going to happen? And you're like 11. One to 10. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> every minute of every day. So <laughs> it kind of, she got kind of was like, okay, so you have anxiety. And I was like, mind blown. I was like, what? Like I have anxiety. I, I couldn't like, it was just now looking back, I'm like, duh, of course. But yeah, it was, it was weird. I was like, oh, okay. And so she ultimately the short-term fix for anxiety is medicine. So I got on an anxiety medicine and immediate, like not immediately, it takes like a good couple months to like actually feel the effects, but I was living life. I finally was, um, I had like my boy, I had a boyfriend and that had never happened to me before. And I was meeting new people and I was making new friends and I was actually being social and it was a total 180. And I was very aware that it was total 180. And I didn't understand what had changed in my brain, but I knew that there was something, it was almost like just, um, a cloak of like this protection around my brain. It like took a weight off my shoulders that I didn't even really know was there. And so I was on anxiety medicine for a while and currently I'm off it. That's recent, but um, I started doing therapy and that is a more long-term fix because you're obviously kind of unraveling some of the, you know, problems and, and then so where I'm at now with it, obviously I'm not perfect. It's, it's not gone and it probably never will be gone. I decided to stop my anxiety medicine because I think it's, it was just one of those things I'd been on birth control and anxiety for medicine for a while. And I just wanted to see what it was like without it. So I'm not saying I won't ever go back on anxiety medicine, anxiety medicine made had like, honestly gave me some of my best years. I met you um, not because I was on anxiety medicine, but honestly, like <laughs> I attribute a lot of my newer friendships in life to the fact that I was able to be social. And I said yes to things instead of no to things. And I got tattoos. I dyed my hair. Like there were things that I never, ever would have done if, because I just worry, I worry about what my parents are going to think. I worry about what my friends are going to think. I worry about what my sister's going to think. I worry about just everything. And that's insane how much of a difference it made for you. It did. I and mean, I, I and it's funny because I literally used to think, cause my, I've told you this before, obviously, but my 
mom was on the same anxiety medicine as Ginny. And I never believed, I don't know, maybe I just thought my mom was being dramatic, but my mom said the same exact thing. She said, I have transformed as a person because of that medicine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't be dependent on it. I was, I was kind of a little bit judgmental because it was my mom. And of course I was way more open and the way that Ginny explains it is just like, so eye-opening that well, it can make it, such a difference and it is it's 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 easy to be judgmental I think like like there are so many things that I'm still judgmental about that I ha- you just like until you're in the situation where you would need anxiety medicine you're not gonna fully understand which is totally normal but um yeah I I I really think when it comes down to it we treat physical illness with medicine. If you have a heart problem or a blood pressure problem, you're going to take medicine because that is what your body needs and it helps it. And so, you know, mental illness is the exact same thing. It's something that we, and I'm so happy that it's just way more talked about now and it's just way more well understood and it's totally normalized yes and it's normalized and it's amazing and I feel as if everyone is taking a really holistic approach to it too so it's kind of hey check these boxes and if you've checked the boxes of eating a whole foods diet moving your body taking care of yourself getting enough sleep okay well let's let's try medicine too yeah. And there's sometimes nothing, you need it and there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. Um, it's obviously completely like we are not doctors. We don't know what the best thing is, but it's a very personal and unique experience for everybody. There are so many different types. There's so many different like milligrams or whatever percentage amount that you can take. You got to find what's best for your body and for your mind. And so yeah, I, I fully was a huge, huge fan of the, the medicine for a really long time. Um, so recently I decided to, to get off it because I was doing therapy. I thought that was a good, good time to just kind of try to see where I am at. And therapy has been very helpful for me in that it's made me more just the mindfulness that comes with therapy because you're instead of thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. It's, oh, let me start to recognize when I'm thinking this way. And instead of beating myself up over it, being like, it's okay. I'm feeling how I'm feeling and that's okay. Let me feel it, but let's not dwell on it. And let me just like, let it come and let it go. So that's been a big thing for me is just mindfulness and self-awareness of like intrusive negative thoughts that I'm having. That has been insane. I mean, I just, it's funny because we think all these things. And then when you finally come to like a point where you're like aware of the way you're thinking about things, or you're aware of how often you think about something or what your mind automatically jumps to, you can kind of start to correct and practice some ways to not, to not kind of go down the, the exact same path that you would be going down if you weren't Yeah. Self-awareness is totally the first step to changing your thoughts, which eventually will change your life. Yeah. So that was mine. Can you mind blowing? (laughs) Can you, um, can you tell us about your journey? with? Yeah. I honestly, until this moment, forgot how crazy yours is. So I'm glad that our experiences are totally different because maybe somebody can relate to either of us or maybe not at all, but Um, so mine, I feel like I never, I never really experienced any anxiety until my, well, my junior year of college was actually my senior year of college when I was working at the bar and I wasn't sleeping and I was constantly stressed. I, when I say I wasn't sleeping, I would come home from work, sometimes sleep two hours and then go to class and sometimes take a nap later in between meetings and classes. So I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of myself in any aspect. I also wasn't working out. I I wasn't eating well. I was a mess. So um, I remember just crying a lot. And I called my mom one day and I just said, and I did use the word anxiety. 
often. I used to always call her and say, I just, and I would just be like falling apart. And I would say, mom, I don't know what's wrong. I just, I have so much anxiety. And so then she goes, of course, I told you my mom was also on medicine. So she, I think why I was so judgmental about it is because I felt like she was pushing it on me. Yeah. Um, But she, she would come up to Tallahassee a lot because she was worried about me too. So she would honestly come every other weekend and just, I would, I would still go to class, go to work and hardly really see her, but she would just kind of be there. And um, she had her medicine and which was not the smartest thing to do. She said, well, why don't you just take a couple? So she gave me like two weeks worth, I think. And I know it's not supposed to kick in until a couple months, but I felt like I couldn't get out of bed. What do you mean? Like you think it made you tired or what? I don't know. I just, it was almost like either I started taking it because I was so desperate and maybe I was having a little bit of an anxiety attack, but I, I felt as if I had so much anxiety that day that I, it was like, I had been taking it for a week. And there was just one day where I remember calling, um, (laughs) into work. And I said, I'm not going to be there. I, I can't get out of bed. I said, I just have, I didn't say I had so much anxiety. I can't remember what I even said. I just, I said, I feel horrible. I feel horrible. I can't get out of bed. So I obviously stopped taking it because at that point I blamed that. I said, I'm not taking this ever again. I feel horrible. Fast forward. I left. Um, I left before I even graduated because I had an online class and I just needed to leave the job, leave the relationship, leave college, like leave Mm -hmm. the college town, just come back home. Uh, And I also got offered a job. Yeah. So I I got offered a job in Naples. I was like, perfect. I'm going back home. So uh, I feel like at that point I started not like my personality changed, but that's when I immediately was, okay, type A scheduled routine da, da, da. and then it started manifesting in different ways like then i had anxiety about perfectionism mm. in a totally different way than i used to so i feel like it manifests for me when i have change a lot of changing so like moving um you know if you have like family changes which i've been also dealing with or like relationship changes and then if i'm not number 2 would be like if i'm not processing emotions properly. So if I'm not, if I'm sad about something, I'm very, I'm not sad. I'll just push it off and be sad later. And Uh, that doesn't work. mm -mm. So, so you like kind of slipped it under the rug a little bit or try. I do that. I realized over the years, like that's just what it is now. If I'm, if there's any moments in my life where I'm just kind of pushing things under the rug and, or taking care of those around me more than I'm taking care of myself, like that's, and all of a sudden I just feel like everything all at the same time I feel like I can't breathe Mm -hmm. um yeah so um one thing that I guess I learned in my journey was I did not realize and I still don't think that I would have fully realized until that I was experiencing such worry and such stress and such anxiety that it had to manifest in my body for me to take note of it and to be like I am not doing good. I don't feel good. And I was trying everything. I was doing yoga every day, not, not intense yoga, but I was trying to just move my body and to eat good. And I was very aware that I was, you know, had stomach problems. So it was like, okay, well, let me take note of what I'm eating. So I was very aware of everything and it just wasn't helping. So once I realized like, oh my gosh, like, and then you know, the medicine. Yes. So I don't know if two weeks, I don't know about that, but, um, it affects everyone differently and, and your body might not be the type that wants medicine or, you know, it might not be helpful, but ultimately for me, it took away the physical aspect of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So I I did have anxiety. That's crazy. Like it, which is crazy that it manifested in that way for you because the one time that it did show up, Physically. physically was when I did know Jenny and we were working together and I had, I already talked about this too. I moved into my new condo and going back to when change causes anxiety, I had a full rash on my face and I seriously didn't know. I just kept saying like, I just, I have so much anxiety. I, I could not explain to you how I felt, but yeah. I need to stay home and rest and just like totally 
startled. It's, it's actually really wonderful. And it's a cool, like, obviously when we're feeling not good or when we're experiencing physical pain, it's not a fun thing, but the fact that our brains and our minds and our bodies are so connected that it would get to a point where it was warning us, slow down. Yes. Not okay. And you're, and you need to take care of yourself is a really beautiful thing. It's a really, it's, it's honestly really cool. I mean, human beings are just cool in general, but yeah, I mean, it took me having physical issues to realize that my brain and my mental health was not good. Yeah. So, and it's just different for everyone. I mean, I, I fully didn't, I didn't experience really panic attacks or moments where I was so overwhelmed that I was crying. That wasn't really what I, how I experienced it. So I think it's important to note that everyone experiences everything differently just because you're not curled up in a ball, like on the floor and you can't get up. Doesn't mean that you're not experiencing it. And there's definitely still things that you can do to help yourself. Um, but that's why I think it's cool that we're talking about it. Cause we def- definitely have had different experiences. Yeah. And the point of this whole story is I'm constantly evolving and I'm constantly learning more about myself. And just because I felt this way three years ago and medicine help doesn't mean that that's still how I am. It's very important to take note of how your body's feeling at different times. I didn't feel the medicine was working for me anymore. So I took a break. I'm think I'm doing, you know, good. And I have some, again, tools, like Grace said, it's very important to note what helps, but I fully thought, I don't have depression. I do have anxiety, but I don't have depression. And I, I'm very lucky because I don't have depression because I know that I know people in my life who experience depression and alongside with that comes anxiety. Instead for me, it was, Oh no, I just have anxiety. And kind of recently. Um, oh, I, and I know, because I feel like this is important. I went to the doctor and I only told her that I had anxiety. She never told, she never diagnosed me with anything. She just tried to give me medicine. She never asks me any questions. She was just kind of, okay, well, your mom give you medicine. So you should be on medicine too. And I, and I just said, no, I was, I was, I was, I was hoping she had another answer and she didn't. Yeah. So it, yeah. So it's kind of finding, um, people and resources that you do feel heard. That's very important because I do think doctors, that's their job, right? Like they want to, you know, they want a quick fix. They want you to feel good. And so medicine is the only real thing that they can do. They're not therapists. They can't really spend hours with you. They just don't have time. They don't have time for that. So it is, it is, you know, to, to go into it with a doctor is you got to just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And obviously like they're not. Yeah. So that is definitely very good to know because you don't, you don't want to just jump right into it. I mean, I just like you with the therapy, I think rather than starting just taking medicine because your doctor wants to put you on it, I would start maybe invest in therapy first and see if your therapist wants to put you on medicine, because then at least you're going through your emotions with somebody for long enough for them to kind of decide if that's what's best for you. Me and Grace are the biggest advocates for therapy. You will never hear us not mention it because both of us believe that. I just think that everyone in the whole world should have therapy. I know it is, it can be hard to like have access to it. So, you know, that is a problem, but ultimately if you are in school, I tell my little cousins all the time because I wish so bad when I was at FSU, I had taken advantage of the school counselors there because it's, it's, it's free with your, I mean, college isn't free in general, oh, I didn't but, know that. but yeah, you can go and you can, you know, there's resources when you're at school and you I should have ran in there, like fix me. I'm yeah, a mess. <laughs> 100% take advantage of that if you can. And I will say like, we can talk about therapy more in a different episode, but um, you don't have to go through a traumatic experience to need therapy. 
I thought that I, for the first month of therapy thought, I think I'm wasting this lady's time. I think I'm wasting my time. I've never really had something super traumatic happen to me. And I feel like a little bit of, you know, like I feel guilty a little bit that I'm wasting this lady's time. Um, no, it, it, it completely (laughs) unraveled me. And, um, and Jenny had a full breakdown. She, breakdown. Calls me, she calls me first word. I'm unhinged. <laughs> I'm unhinged. I feel so unhinged. I said, Oh, okay. I said, okay. I put everything down. I'm like, okay, how can I help? And she yeah. lost it. I mean, in a good way though, because sometimes you have to, to process emotions. You got to go through it with somebody, preferably somebody who's a therapist and who can give you helpful advice on how, yeah. like what, how to help what you're going through and whatnot. No, but yeah, for sure. a whole other topic for a different day. I yeah. Think. So, yeah. So one thing I, yeah, I think wh- what I wish someone had told me is, you know, it manifests in, a d- in different ways for different people. So whether it's weight loss, weight gain, mm-hmm. panic attacks, anxiety attacks, physical yep. illness or physical, you know, pain, yeah, um, sleeping more, sleeping less, mm-hmm. la- like a loss of appetite or a gain of appetite. Like there are just so many ways that it can manifest. So just be aware of your body and of your brain and take care of it. Like that's, it's just take care of yourself. It's super important. So, um, so I think that the toolbox thing is a good, you know, topic to discuss now. I think we should maybe share some of our wisdom with people. Yes. Tell me how you cope with your anxiety when you feel as if you're overwhelmed or you feel those same symptoms coming that yeah. you're from the past. So obviously I'm still learning and kind of taking mental notes and journaling and doing all of that to keep track of how I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis, because you never know. It could be a great day. It could be a bad day. You just never know. But, um, so some of the things that I've already said is meditation and therapy have helped a lot. The, the deep breaths and the meditation annoys a lot of people. And I think the word meditation can just be annoying. Like, Oh, I meditate. Like I'm a meditator. Sounds so prestigious. But when you just take five to 10 minutes each day to just be where you are and be grounded in the moment, it is nuts what it can do for you. And So I won't say more about that because we've already talked a lot about it, but that is just definitely, yeah, I love that. Something that I have been learning is affirmations and mantras. And that's something that my therapist really works hard with me on because it's really easy to say, I applied for this job, but I just don't think I'll get it or I like this person, but they just, why would they ever like me? Or so working on that, you know, the negative intrusive thoughts that we feel, um, about ourselves, because we really are our own harshest critic. And I think a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this. I walk around feeling like everyone thinks I, I basically mind read is I, I think that I know what that person across the room thinks of me because I'm making it up in my brain. So kind of recognizing when I'm spiraling a little bit has been helpful, but also to just having those positive affirmations to tell myself of like, so big one for me is I really worry about what people think of me. And I really worry about people not liking me. So leaving it an interaction and being like that person thinks this of me, or, um, I also really focus on things that I can't control. So in those instances, some things that I can tell myself are, I can only control myself and my reactions and my emotions and my feelings. And that has, you know, what that person is thinking or feeling has nothing to do with me. Obviously you got to treat people nice, but ultimately when you're leaving a situation and you're feeling insecure, having those positive affirmations of, I get to choose my thoughts and my feelings and I can feel what I'm feeling, but I also can let it go. And, um, if I'm having a bad day, just telling myself, there's so much about my life that I love and appreciate. Or if I've had a really anxious day saying, I, I obviously don't say these out loud, but they're 
in my brain, my discomfort won't last or I forgive myself for feeling anxious. And I love that. Yeah. So having those kind of moments where you just realize, oh my gosh, I'm just being so hard on myself and just kind of like, even like putting my hand on my own heart is helpful. And just being like, I'm like, I'm going to be okay. I'm trying the best I can and I am who I am. And all I can control is myself and my thoughts, my, my reactions to things. So yeah, I mean, that's been a huge thing for me, mantras and affirmations. I love that. Um, a second one that I just really think is important noting is the older I get, the less time I want to spend with people who I just don't feel good around. And that's been something that's been really difficult for me is kind of realizing when you outgrow someone, which is not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but it's totally okay to outgrow somebody and to outgrow relationships. And it doesn't mean that they don't need to be in your life at all, or you need to cut them out or you need to treat them bad. It just means you're in a different spot than them and allowing yourself to set those boundaries of that person doesn't make me feel good right now. And it, it has nothing. I can't control them. I can only control myself. And allowing myself to set those boundaries of boundaries in general, but allowing myself, like if there's a person who I've had in my life forever, it it can be almost like a routine and almost like you feel like you have to have them in your life. But surrounding myself with people who make me feel good is, has been a huge thing lately. And when I hang up the phone with grace, I'm going to toot your horn here. Are you excited? (laughs) But when I genuinely, when I, when I, when I hang up with you, I feel good about myself and I feel like a good person and I feel heard and I feel listened to. And I, and I, my heart is full and my, I feel valued as a friend and you don't even really, I mean, yes, we talk to each other about how we feel about each other. It's not even about that though. We could talk about, you know, grocery shopping and I still feel that way when I hang up. (laughs) So it's, it's more just about the feeling you have. So that's another one. And, you know, for me, a big one is my family. I love my family. So kind of just like finding those people that make you feel good. That's, that is going to change your life so much when you do that, just because 100%, you know, it's amazing how, and you know, you go through middle school and high school and you don't really have control over who you see because you got to go to class. And if there's a bully in the class, you got to see him. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing you can do about it. But when you get older, you can, you can, and there's still bosses and there's still coworkers and there's still people that are in your life that you can't control really. But for the most part, you can distance yourself from who you want to distance yourself from. Yeah. And then just like kind of recognizing like, um, the people that you don't love being around and you just kind of have to deal with realizing their situation has nothing to do with me. And nobody knows what anyone else is going through really, because we're the only one that is in our own body and our own mind. So kind of just realizing, like taking that pressure off yourself of, I can't control that person. I can only control myself. So, you know, that has helped me a lot too. So anyways, your turn. What are your tools? Well, first of all, those are amazing. We have a lot of overlapping things, obviously, but, um, mine was just kind of more of a list. So I don't have much explaining to do. I feel like it was really easy for me to come up with things because whenever I am feeling really anxious or overwhelmed, I really do have to run through this and think like, okay, I need to go do these. So my go-tos definitely are all things that just help me, number one, relax, but also just get back into the present moment. That's very helpful. That's always kind of the end game. But uh, so number one, breathing techniques. That's something that we just did in the beginning of this. That's huge do it all day. Like I said, um, number two is just moments of gratitude. I feel like that's really helpful. So examples would be things like journaling, um, even just sitting in silence and just thinking about things I'm grateful for the good things that are happening in my life right now, just trying to stay out of like the future, just like staying in the moment. What's, what am I grateful for now? Number three, staying off of social media. So I have said that I've made my social media very positive, but in the scheme of things, like if I'm having a really overwhelming day and I feel 
anxious about whether it has to do with my future or my life in the present moment, looking at somebody's highlight reel to compare my life to is never what I need. You know, I need to be thinking about myself, not looking at, oh, look, somebody else is having a green juice and I'm crying. And I like, no. So I just get off my phone. Number four, um, less drinking. So going out for me usually leads to a hangover. Not sure if anybody can relate to that, <laughs> but the highs and lows of Jenny's trying not to spit out her water right now. Um, the highs and lows of getting drunk, feeling like you're having a good time. And then the next day of, you know, it, it, it physically puts you into a little bit of a depressed state. Yeah. Sometimes I'm kind of giggly and fun and sometimes I'm depressed and I don't want to I don't want to put myself in that position if I'm already feeling very anxious because it usually ends up being the exact moment where I lose it the next day because I'm hungover and I'm sad and I'm overwhelmed and useless because I have a headache and a stomach ache. No, that's actually such a good point. Um, so yeah, staying away from big nights out. Um, consistent routines because like you said, controlling what you can when you feel like your your life is a little bit out of control is very helpful. Uh, number six, working out slash movement. So usually doing something not high intensity, something that is more calming, but also moving moving your body in general helps. Number seven, time outside. Everyone knows time outside in nature is going to increase the dopamine, the serotonin, the happy hormones in your body. Um, we know it. It's almost too simple because even when I know that, I don't go outside as much as I should. Yeah, no, the, um, the outside one is true. I mean, just even the fresh air, just like driving with your windows down on a nice day. Or sometimes you ever feel like when you're cooped up at work all day, I know I should go outside, just go for a quick walk, but for some reason it feels like too much of a task. I don't know. Maybe that's just grace. When we used to work at the same place, we would go on little walks together. And I say that, and we only did that a couple of times, but, but it was helpful helpful. because your day seems so busy. You don't feel like you can, but it makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, so I only have three more and then I'll stop talking. I love it. But number eight sleep. So we know how I feel about my sleep and we know that it's obviously just it's life changing. Just important. be on a consistent sleep schedule. If you're not sleeping, everything else will fall apart. Number nine, nutrition, whole real foods versus inflammatory packaged foods. We know that's how you should be eating, but like it's just everything that you're eating is going to affect your moods. Uh, number 10, make action steps. That's another thing with focusing on what you can control. So when I feel overwhelmed, write down your priorities focus on that and try really hard not to think about spiraling into what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? Yeah. And another thing with that, the last one is writing down like, okay, so write down your three, your worries. And my therapist does this to me all the time. She'll be like, okay, so what is your worry right now? And I'll say it. And she'll be like, so can you do anything about that in this moment? And most of the time it, it's, that's no. so good. Or can you do anything in five minutes or can you do anything in an hour or can you do anything in two weeks? And if the answer is no, then let it go. Then you're wasting your energy worrying about it. Yes. True. Wow. I love that. Um, and yeah, the, the social media one is a big one for me too, because in a totally just very specific aspect that I think I've already mentioned, <laughs> just taking out the ads from your life is, is insane. So I deleted my social media recently for like, I don't know, a month and less it, shopping. It, yeah, it took away a pressure of like, Cause you see people post in a cute sweater, or a cute dress, and you're like, oh, I want that. And then that brings on the money thing where you're like, I just can't really afford it, but I really want it. So should I buy it? And then you buy it and then you're, 
stress about money. It just can cause kind of a cycle. So, and also I know everyone's heard this before, but social media is the highlights of people's day. Yeah. Very rarely are people posting and it is becoming more of a thing now to be more transparent and more open on social media, but it's still very filtered and you're just not seeing inside somebody's mind. You have no idea what they're going through or what they're experiencing. And even if they're transparent, you don't know the extent to which they're feeling that way. So, and I feel like when you are having anxiety or having emotions that aren't exactly positive, you do want to numb out. And so media is a place to numb out. And usually I go, you know, in the middle of a work day when I'm really, really stressed, sometimes I find myself just scrolling. Is that really helping me feel less stressed? No, it's adding to the stress. And I think about that every day. I'm like, I need to stop doing that because I feel like it's my outlet. Like, okay, let me just like take my mind away from work for two minutes. But then I feel almost more stressed going back to work because I haven't exactly relaxed. I've just kind of But I think it's really good that you've noted that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do instead. I just need to like physically, (laughs) I need to go for a walk. (laughs) Make, make, um, make Kathleen go on a walk with you. I will. You know, she'd do it. She, Kathleen's the woman I work with. She was, she's so into health and wellness. She'll be like, we have to go for a daily walk. She'll go, okay, let's go. Where are we going? (laughs) I would love it. And especially now that it's getting nice out. Oh my gosh. It's been beautiful. Yeah. You guys could just go walk around um, one of the holes at the golf course. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so I I think we, me and Grace are on a kind of similar page of we know what you're supposed to do. And you can Google and you're going to get the, you know, you're going to get the standard responses of how to deal with anxiety. But becoming self-aware and mindful of what makes you personally feel good is the most important thing. Yeah. And it's a journey. It's a, it's a different journey for everybody, but I I like, I think that as soon as you just kind of become more in tune with your body, you're just going to feel because some people might like say like meditation actually stresses me out more or people, some people might say, um, I like have to be on social media. Like it stresses me out to not know what everyone's doing. So, okay, that's fine. So then those aren't your, those aren't your go-tos then, but that also might be a problem. So <laughs> come talk to me, <laughs> come talk to us if that's your problem, but yeah, no, you. yeah, I think it's just such a different journey for everyone. And I love that we got to, to both tell our, our kind of journeys with, with yeah. anxiety. Cause I, Cause they're I totally different, but it's crazy how I felt so alone when I was going through that, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wish I had you to call and be like, how are you feeling, dude? Cause I can't get out of bed. I know. I know. I, I really think, um, having you as a friend also just, you know, the fact that we like to talk and we like to talk about our experiences and kind of share our feelings, which can be not, it as makes easy. me feel even more normal Yeah, because yeah, and- people on social media are sharing about it, but I've never really you know, met a lot of people aren't fully in tune with how they're feeling and we are so lucky us, but we also analyze and overanalyze everything. But that's why I said, like, I think maybe being a little type A does not help me sometimes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but sorry. I'm, I just think that, yeah, no, I truly think that Yes. Okay. So I actually have one follow-up question for you. <laughs> okay. Do you, how do you feel now as opposed to when you were at your worst? And oh, gosh, is yeah, that like, is a two-part question? <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah. Cause like how, like, so I know you feel better, <laughs> Yeah, but, and you, you're not saying your anxiety is gone cause it's not, no. but is, do you still see it as like an upward journey and like, you're consistently like getting better or do you sometimes still feel stuck? I, well, the last anxiety attack that I didn't even know was an anxiety attack. That was only last year, this exact time. So I feel 
as if Wait. I've come such a long way. When I had the last time you had the rash. Yeah, that was last year. That was the last time. Yeah, I haven't had it again. Maybe you're allergic to me. (laughs) (laughs) He left Naples and I never had dermatitis on my face again. again. (laughs) Um okay, so you're feeling good then. I've been feeling a lot better. I feel like exactly what I said though. I when I have the same feelings just like I did before, I know how to calm myself down in a way that's actually helpful and beneficial instead of sweeping it under the rug, because that's what tumbles into a way worse problem. Okay. And obviously from college, I've come, uh, I've just, I'm a whole new person because I've learned how to take care of myself, which is the basis of Mm -hmm. (laughs) becoming a healthy human being first and then dealing with your anxiety second. No. I'm the same way. I think there's been times in my life where I've thought there's just no way I'm ever going to feel better. There's no way that I'm ever going to improve. And looking back on everything, I can see how I have. And I'm the same way. I can, I can pull out some of the tools that I have And it does genuinely help so much. So I think if I had been told you can't really feel better when someone's telling you you'll feel better. I mean, that's not very helpful. Yeah. And so me saying that isn't going to help you. But yeah, like looking back, it's insane. The growth that we've made. So it's really cool. I I love that we're experiencing it together and getting to talk about it is awesome. And yeah, I think. Personal growth is awesome. It really is. It's really change still causes anxiety, but personal growth is awesome. And like the cool (laughs) thing left me, and I fully well that also caused loss. Like I wrote, I was looking at my little journal to find like things that I wrote down that have helped in the past because I actually did have to kind of like flip back. And I I wrote, Ginny has left, and I feel really stressed about it. (laughs) Oh, stop! (laughs) That I wrote it, (laughs) Ginny. I took it so personally. Like, Ginny has left me. <laughs> Ginny has left. She, she has left the room. <laughs> We're glad that we could have this chat and we could share. Maybe, hopefully, you know, maybe one of these things kind of struck a, oh, sometimes I feel that way and I sweep things under the rug like Grace. Or sometimes I have back pain. Maybe I should go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and hopefully you I learned- think I'm having a heart attack. Maybe it's anxiety. Yeah. Probably is. Take one thing away from this and feel like you're not alone, if anything, because we all struggle with some form and of anxiety at some point or stress. And like you were saying, change. Change is probably the number one cause of anxiety in most people's lives, or at least a little bit of worry, because the unknown is scary. But change is so good. And even though you know that, and I know that, and it's still hard, it's still so stressful. And it's so hard because it's like you said, it's unknown. You're not, you can't really control what's happening when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, I think. So, but it's it's hard to not worry about it, but ultimately it's important to remember that change is usually the universe's way of saying, here's your next thing yeah, and you're going to love it and it's going to be yes. great. And I also used to um, write this quote down over and over and over again. And I don't know if it helped, but I would always write anxiety is excitement without breath because I read it somewhere. And oh I feel like God. that kind of helped a little bit because it would almost be like, okay, I know a lot's going on and I feel anxious, but maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just going through the emotion of change and Sometimes it's excitement without breath. Yes. I love that. That's so cute. We kind of cute <laughs> made with that. <laughs> People will read it in the grocery store and be like, what? What does that mean? Go home. <laughs> no, I love that. I and I love you. And I'm glad that we have each other. And I hope that this helps somebody. I mean, if not, it helped us, but yeah, cool. Anxiety is very real, very true, very real. All your feelings and emotions are valid and it's also very fleeting. So, yeah. yeah. So please let us know uh, if you have any questions and if you have any comments, concerns, we love to hear from you. And otherwise, 
thank you for listening. And thank you if you're still hanging in there. We appreciate you. Yeah. We're really excited to continue growing with all of you and with each other. And it's been really fun so far. So, but we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Thank you for listening to the Darling Girls podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, you can keep up with us on Instagram at Darling Girls Pod. See you next time.